Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Two hundred seventy-three days since the Illini beat Northwestern to cap off the twenty twenty-one season in high fashion. They return to the field again. The Wyoming Cowboys in house, and we've got you covered for opening weekend here on the Sports Spectacular, and lots more. Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Albert Pujols, all in the news. Josh Whitman talking about the massive Big Ten media deal. The voice of the Illini, Brian Barnhart, stops in, and the Wyoming perspective from a reporter out in Laramie. Give us two hours, and we give you omnipotence over your fellow fans how you like that thesaurus boys larry smith brad sturdy mike kegley here fellas here we go illini and the cowboys at memorial stadium finally i mean it's like it it just football is such a a great sport but man it eight months off is just so hard to to wait or nine months in some cases almost but you're just like excited for that first game now i'm i'm like i'm pumped man i got the adrenaline flowing let's go yeah, I think it's going to be great, especially, you know, I think it's so smart for Illinois to play in week zero. So you you get a little bit of time that you're on the highlight reels. You give kids a chance to go ahead and see you. And, and you know, you win and take care of business. And, and that we need all the good press we can get as a team. And I think it's a I think it's fantastic. Well, and it's you know I've I've got to go back. I'll 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 admit I haven't researched this, but um, I would think that you know back to back opening day wins are not always a given for Illinois football for the past three decades. So you have a chance, and I know we're going to talk a lot about this here as we discussed in our our pre show meeting um, about momentum and about you know getting off to a, a good start and 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 getting fans in the seats. Um, you know this is not going to be a sellout uh, by any stretch. Um, we saw last year in year one, the game one against uh, Nebraska, you had a, a good showing by the fans. Let's try to build on that. And, and we're going to hear from Brett Bielema here in a few minutes about how important that really is to kind of make this a home field again. And the way we remember it when we were younger, growing up in central Illinois and having 60, 65,000 fans there, um, that's what this can become, but you got to win to get there. Yeah, it's, a, it's, you know, it's, Winning is a big part of this, and what people don't it's recruiting. It's important for recruiting too. You got to win some games. It doesn't mean you got to go to the Rose Bowl or go to the national championship game or college football playoff, but you got to be consistently winning games, going to bowl games. And, and and once you do that, people become interested. It's an upset here, an upset there. And they started that a little bit last year. You saw them finish strong. They can carry that into this year. I think as this year goes on, you win these first three games, it's gonna be a lot of excitement headed into uh, the, the Big Ten season. Yeah, and if Barry Lenny Jr. can get that offense clicking, I feel quite confident in Coach Walters and Coach B to have a defense that's going to give opportunities for the Illini to win. And to me, it comes down to what this offense is capable of, and they string together a few wins. The Memorial Stadium is a heck of a place to watch a football game in. We all three grew up going over there and watching games. And when they are good, it is a great experience that's underrated because there's been no reason to cover it much for any of the networks. So maybe Coach B can give these these guys some motivation to bring some cameras and show people what Memorial Stadium's all about. Well, you look at the schedule here, Saturday versus Wyoming. Then next Friday, you open Big Ten season at Indiana on a Friday night game. 
That's that FS1 game. You return the following Saturday, the rematch game against Virginia. That was one of the two games that you were not in at all last year that were, were losses no matter how you cut it. The other games you actually, even though they were losses, you actually were in. Um, but So you've got a score to settle with the Cavaliers coming in and then Chattanooga after a week off on uh, September 22nd, a Thursday night. So, you know, you've got those where it's, you know, again, I've talked before, it's, it's not impossible to think that you could be uh, having a winning record coming um, uh, out of September going into uh, the meteor schedule and that tough game at Wisconsin, then at Iowa here uh, in October, and then Minnesota for homecoming at home. So uh, a chance here again to, to maybe start the season, you know, two and two or better uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, we, we've talked so much about what, basketball did and how they had to start here and then move up and and we'll see now a brett bielema what's happened in the first year and a half he's been with the program and what can he do in year two i want to talk a little basketball before we we go to break because we're going to talk a lot of football here uh brad we've got some possible big news coming up here um on sunday in regards to basketball what's going on yeah um six foot eight 235 pound uh power forward center amani hansbury Uh, from out on the East Coast in the uh, Baltimore area is going to make his decision or announce his decision uh, on Sunday, August 28th, 2 o'clock. He's got Illinois, uh, Penn State, uh, Virginia Tech, Miami, um, Auburn among his final five. And the Illini are in a really good position for, for this kid. And he was the guy they coveted. This is the guy they followed all through July. They saw every game he played, and sometimes they were three coaches deep for his game or four. And and they they really want this kid. They really feel like he's a kid who can help this program immediately, um, can make a big impact. And he's just the guy they wanted in this class when they watched everybody else. He really fits the style of play that Brad Underwood wants. And I'll tell you what, if Bruce Pearl of Auburn wants a kid, that, that's another good confirmation, just like Brad Underwood. That means he's a good player. And then if Illinois can manage to take a player away from Bruce Pearl at Auburn, that's even better than him being a great player. So we've got a chance here for a very positive weekend. And um, Bruce Pearl, I hope that Amani picks Brad Underwood. I've got just – just a few seconds, Brad, give, give us a comparison of a player. And I, I, I know I hate doing this because that sets the bar too high, but what, what kind of style, like we've said that Ty Rogers is like a Draymond green type. He's just a, calls himself a dog. He just goes out and just gets it done. Is there a player whose, whose skill set you would compare to? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know if I have a skilled player, but I'll tell you what he is. He's a six, eight guy. He can play inside. He can play out. He can put the ball on the floor. Excellent feel, excellent passer. Um, fantastic passer and he can put, he can deck it, get to the rim. He's not dissimilar, perhaps a little bit more polished than Dane danger. Who's already on the Illinois roster. And that kind of player is a little bit more, you know, a little bit fitter at the same stage than, than Dane was, but he's, uh, he's just, he's got a special ability. He had a great summer and rank went up the rankings is now in the top 50 range. So he's just a really good player. Well, I, I think that also gives some insight on Dane Danger and what you and the coaches have been saying this entire offseason about his skill set. So uh, good, good times. And again, that decision coming up uh, on Sunday, Imani Hansbury, um, it, it appears uh, could be the, the first uh, and possibly you said the only uh, high school prospect in the class of 2023 for, uh, for Brad Underwood. Hey, this reminder, one more football note before we take a break. If you are coming to the game on Saturday, be sure to stop by the Illini guys tent in Grange Grove 
say hi, get a bottle of water, a snack or something, get a free gift from us as well. We'll all be there. We'd love to come, love to say hi and, and just maybe take a picture with you and say hi. Um, definitely, please do that. We are in Grange Grove uh, all during pregame uh, on Saturday. Hey, Brett Bielema's Game Week comments and analysis from Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com. That's all straight ahead on the Illini Guys Radio Network. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. Our Newsmaker segment presented by Busey Bank. You know, there's something like week one, or in this case, week zero, if you're a football coach. Eight months of planning, four weeks of preseason camp, and now time to see how it all comes together. Brett Bielema is excited to begin year two with the Illini. Let's listen in on a bit of his news conference. There's a really good buzz going with our players. Um, buzz doesn't actually uh, equate to wins, right? But I do like the excitement, the uh, energy, the, the uh, just the general feel. Um, of what our guys are doing. There's so many little indicators for me as a head coach. A year ago, uh, you guys had asked me, how do you feel, different from spring, and there's definitely just been a consistent evolution to get to where we are right now. And, and um, I couldn't be more excited. I've been doing this for quite a while as a head coach. I believe I'm going into my 14th year. And, and just to, um, to, to see what I've seen happen since last fall when we got done through the uh, portal process, through spring ball, through uh, fall camp now and to get into game week and there's been a, a time when I've been more excited. I'm talking after a Big Ten championship and projections to win one. Um, this group of guys is very special and I think it's going to be one of those type of years. Coach, how's the health of the team going You know here? what? I've been very, uh, I've been um, uh, just met with the docs yesterday. Uh, um, I've been very impressed with uh, not just our, our overall health, but just our ability to uh, handle the moments that have popped up, had a couple soft tissues, had a couple guys that, with concussion systems that uh, worked their way through it. But uh, um, T. Ra was really the only guy that came into camp limited. Sean Miller was limited, but he got cleared. He took a couple uh, pops, direct hits on that shoulder during scrimmaging. So we're 100% we're, uh, sitting on ready. Uh, there's a couple guys that are soft tissue that I think will be cleared uh, by, by midweek. Um, but for the most part, we're overall very healthy. On the starting quarterback. The starting quarterback. <laughs> it took two questions. Um, I know who the starting quarterback is. The starting quarterback knows who the starting quarterback is, and our team knows that, right? Um, I think our guys uh, understand the value of, of these first games, what it allows us to do. I think we learned it last year firsthand that sometimes uh, um, uh, to show up on game day and let everybody see uh, uh, the University of Illinois unfolding for the first time in reality is a good thing, so we'll kind of stick to, to that to that messaging. But I would say the two top candidates have been uh, I've been around Art for obviously uh, a full season now. Um, uh, you know, I think the concerns that we had um, going into first place when I told Art uh, that we were going to go after a quarterback that was going to be a portal quarterback, I, I'm very upfront with our players. I think one of the things I greatly respect is uh, the relationship that I have with our players of being honest, full, 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 full throttle. And, and I told him, you know, specifically about Tommy, right? And, and uh, Art's reaction then is the same that it is. Uh, right now, today, I think he wants Illinois to be successful. He obviously has individual dreams and goals, uh, but those two have built a relationship that, that 
I've seen a lot of good quarterback relationships. Those two are, as you know, they're kind of unique, different people, right? From the from the same area of the country and, and, and all that, but two kind of different guys, but they get along extremely well to watch their interaction during practice, uh, to see them, hear them compete uh, is awesome. And I would say both of them, obviously I've known Tommy less, but both of them are playing as good a football right now today uh, as I've ever seen either one of them play. Can you have an update on Luke Ford? Yeah, Luke, uh, you know, by NCAA rules, we took him out of the 110 um, and, and same way with Donovan Leary, it's just kind of standard process when a guy can't participate. So. Um, we could we could go back to full roster on Saturday of 118 uh, players, so we're a full roster. Uh, Luke, last night was kind of a uh, modified uh, um, early down practice, but it was 12 periods and he was there the whole time. Didn't have any problems, didn't have any issues. Um, uh, you know, I think uh, the combination of Luke, Tip, and the other guys had a really good camp is Mike Marquez. I'm excited to see that tight end group because all three of those guys are a little bit different. Uh, and you throw in Griffin Moore, who's playing really good football. Uh, Griffin uh, had a Kind of an uptick about week three of fall camp, and he has been riding a rodeo that's been pretty good. I told him whatever you're, you know, sleeping in, whatever you're eating for breakfast, stay with that because it's it's running in the right direction. So I'm excited to see all those guys, and then I think Henry Boyer will play for us at tight end as well this year. Just to call Luke is available. He will play. Oh yeah, yeah. I give an update on Ben Miller. Will he be here? Yeah. Game day. What's his situation? Yeah. So. Um, I think we kind of gave a little bit of an update. Ben got some really good news during the course of the of the summer. Um, things were going in the right direction, but when I made the, the decision to to transition with Sean, right, that uh, basically put Sean in that special teams coordinator role uh, for the entire fall. Right, we didn't want to have Ben. Um, he's with us quite a bit. I was with him for about an hour and a half this morning on a Zoom call, and then he and I met individually after that. Um, he's doing some things that kind of more of an analyst type role, right? Like he can't coach. He um, he is not performing coaching duties. Um, he is allowed to stay on recruiting, which is what we basically meet about. Um, he, uh, uh, because of the NCAA, I was able to replace him physically on the field as a coach, but we could keep him alive in a recruiting world. That's what his, that's what his capacity is, and, and everything's been very, very positive uh, as of late. Um, uh, but projected, we probably won't be able to, if everything goes well, wouldn't be able to have him back in our midst as a normal guy until October, November. So we'll just wait till after the year. Fred, um, obviously. What you do on the field will impact attendance. Um, but what, what is your hope for what the fans will show up this year? What's it mean to your program, your players, and recruiting? Yeah, um, you know, I, I've learned this uh, through my years as a head coach, right? Like, I, I obviously don't have the ticket manager title in my resume, uh, but I realize uh, very, very much, uh, and I remind our players and our coaches every day that uh, people will come and support what they're proud of, right, and what they and they enjoy watching. So. Um, even though I'm not directly in charge of ticket sales, I am directly responsible for, I think, what, what, what kind of crowd we get, right? Because the product we put on the field is what I think people want to be proud of. Um, they want to uh, come and see something that's entertaining. I think, uh, not revealing too much, but offensively, defensively, special teams, I think this will be a, uh, an environment and a, and, a, and a game that people will be excited to watch. Um, I think we got some dynamic skill players offensively. Every rule that comes down the pipe now is uh, designed to make more plays happen offensively and allow people to score more points. I, I'm a former defensive guy that says that uh, with a with a grin. But I, I really, I think part of the reason I like this team is I like watching them compete. I like watching them play, um, and and I think that can be a direct indicator to our ticket sales. Really, and I tell her I've talked to numerous groups. I literally just had a Zoom call with some uh, great supporters that are hugely responsible from. Uh, the way our building is built, uh, to the to the rooms that are in it, and several other things in the athletic department, um, and I've told them the same message I've told if I'm talking to a group of 
uh, local people who maybe haven't given a dollar, right? Like we played our best football when we were on the road in front of big crowds. Um, I think last year when we played in that Nebraska game, we were really willed uh, in the second half to play well because of the crowd and the environment they saw. And it's, you know, it was only at about uh, maybe a half to two thirds of the capacity, capacity of what it can be. I've been in this stadium on the other sideline when it's roaring full go, so I know how great it can be. And if we can get to a point where we can fill Memorial Stadium because of the product we're putting on the field, we'll be in a great spot. Yeah, you, you know, when, when you start off and you talk about, you know, there's a lot of buzz and doesn't mean wins. Let me tell you, if you don't win, the buzz goes away. The, so you got to win some games here, and I think that's going to be a key for him uh, moving forward. He needs to show some some more success. I mean, five wins last year was nice, and you need to advance. And, and it starts by winning these early games that I think are very winnable against teams like Wyoming. Yeah, he's got to give people, um, and I say he, I mean the team, has to give people faith that they can convert some of those games that, that quote, were shouldas into uh, did. And that's that's kind of the thing that, that Illinois athletics needs right now is on the football field to win the games that you have a chance to win and not have to have the coach try to d- explain away what happened. Um, and the other thing is, is, is that if you lose, then you get uh, some Illini fans are going to respond with way too strong of a buzz, and that's not going to be good either. So, <laughs> yeah, we want good buzz. We want good buzz. Yeah, exactly. Said- we want good buzz, not buzz. That's right. Yeah. And I, I mentioned it last week and the time before. I, mean, I agree. I, I don't know if 4 0 is possible, but boy, if you could go into to October and that uh, date at Wisconsin at 4 0 and you're, you're getting maybe a couple of votes in the rankings, which let's face it, that has not happened for Illinois in over a decade. Um, you know, maybe then you got you get that momentum and you get the people coming out. It's got to become a destination thing where you've got on your calendar uh, to make sure that you uh, get to the game and support the Illini in the field. Uh, we'll hear more from Bielema in just a bit. And again, this segment presented by Busey Bank. Up next, football writer and analyst Matt Stevens from the Illini Guys with his preview after this. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a a free consultation 303-957-3092 that's neon rain at 303-957-3092 or visit them at neonrain.com this is jack trudeau the all-time leading passer for the illinois fighting illini here on the illini guys sports spectacular IlliniGuys.com, free seven-day trial to get all the inside info, expert analysis, and some spirit in the usually tame conversation in our message forums. They behave themselves for the most part. On IlliniGuys.com, I-L-L-I-N-I-G-U-Y-S.com. That's also how you get access 
to the great work by Matt Stevens, football writer and analyst. We just heard from Brett Bielema. Uh, Matt, it, it's that time of year when players, and we say it all the time, they are ready to get after it and, and go hit someone on another team for once. Yeah, I think there's a lot of excitement in the building. Um, I think that that's what Brett Bielema was trying to you know portray on Monday during the press conference. And I think that inside the building, whether it's staff members, whether it's assistant coaches, or whether it's the 118, I think, players that are on the roster this year, there, there are a lot – there's a buzz circulating around the building. Now the university just kind of has to get that buzz circulating outside the building. And the way you do that is you start playing other teams and putting up W's. And that's kind of the objective here for week zero and probably the month of September for Illini football. Matt, you obviously have a unique insight in that you not only get to talk to the players and coaches, but you also get to talk to the other beat writers. I have a question. What's the, what's the buzz among the other beat writers i mean you know what are their thoughts on this team this year uh i i think there's there was a calming of the idea that this was going to be a significant drop off from last year's team simply because all the covid guys are gone like i think that was the prevailing theme heading into the spring i think what you got in the fall was that you know this team's talented enough to get off to a start that could you know jumpstart them for the rest of the year but um, there are a lot of questions on this team that I think everybody, myself included among that beat are just trying to get answered. And when we don't have the access that we do, we don't get in the preseason, we show up just like you guys are going to on October, on, sorry, on August 27th, at three o'clock trying to answer some of those questions. And, and a lot of them exist on the offensive side of the ball. Some of them are on defense, but, um, you know, this is, this, this is also sometimes not the opponent you want to answer these questions against because, you know, a team like Wyoming has a has a has a tendency to to you know, have that have that be you know that to their advantage when when they have a system they know who they are, and I'm not sure we know exactly what this Illinois football team is going to look like in 2022. Not a hundred percent. So when you when you show up to the game, you know it's going to be going to be sure. three three o'clock. You know we're all ready for kickoff. Memorial Stadium is rocking. The students are I, ready to go. Yeah. I think what's I show up question? at three. You guys might fire me, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, what's what's well, we'll we'll give you we'll give you two fifty eight. But sure. what's the question? What's the one question that you want answered as you sit down that you're going to be paying attention to trying to figure it out? What does this offense look like? And what do I mean by that is what like what personnel are they in a majority of the time? And how fast do they want to go and how much do they want to go that fast, if that makes any sense? You know, and, and you know, I wrote about it earlier last week that Barry Lunny grew up and, and actually played, got drafted into Major League Baseball as a pitcher. And so he knows something about changing speeds. And I think that that's what he's kind of been known for as an offensive coordinator is not exactly doing like the Chip Kelly thing, which is just go, 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 all gas, no brakes. Um, Barry kind of believes in the idea of changing the pace and, and making defenses, you know, play to your tempo and you dictate the pace again, like a pitcher in a baseball game, you control the tempo of how this game's going to go. And I think that he, he needs to get his offense and the guys on his offense to understand how that's going to go. And I think quite frankly, I think him being on the field instead of up in the box like Tony Peterson was last year is going to be a major help in that regard of just kind of getting plays in and getting the rhythm, especially in those first couple of quarters against Wyoming, exactly the way he wants it. Yeah, Talking with Matt Stevens here at IlliniGuys.com. And Matt, you mentioned that 
um, in, in the article you wrote a few days ago about that, about the coordinators actually being on the sideline than, yep. than the press box. Take, take us into that. Is, is, that a, is that a thing now that's, that's, that's more of a thing? How unusual is it? And what advantage do you think it gives Barry Lunny and, and Ryan Walters to be there on the field as opposed to upstairs? You know, it's, it's from my experience, Larry, it's actually very unusual in the sense that usually one coordinator has the bird's eye view, whether that's the, and it's usually the opposite uh, expertise of the head coach. In my experience, Dan Mullen always had his defensive coordinator actually on the field, but his offensive coordinator, and we all know that Dan was in charge of the offense, but his offensive coordinator had the bird's eye view that Dan couldn't see. So um, it's interesting to me that Brett's a defensive guy and Ryan Walters is still going to be on the field. But I, I think it's beneficial because of what Brett's personality is. And I think he wants to. I know they're all 10 guys are going to be on headset throughout the game. That's that hasn't changed for years. What has what changes for me is that I think Brett Bielema wants to be able to look his two coordinators in the eye and get an answer and, and, and be able to talk to them face to face. I think that's important to him. I think it's important to Barry Lunny, who's. I, I've said it before, at heart, I think Barry's always going to be like his dad, who's a high school coach. So being on the field is just natural to him. And Ryan Walters tried the box thing, and then 42 to 14 at Virginia happened, and he's like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this very well. I need to be down in the box. And I actually talked to Kevin Kane about it, who actually does have the bird's eye view for the defense last year and this year, and he sat next to Ryan Walters for those first three games. He's like, dude, you, you need to be somewhere else. Like, this isn't working for them, and it's not working for you. So I think personality-wise, it fits all three of those guys, including Sean Snyder, who – you know, is, is just like his dad and needs that field perspective. And I think it'll provide the players with a comforting role coming off the sideline and immediately getting feedback instead of having to, you know, the quarterbacks always had to go to the phone. I don't think that Barry Lunny will allow that to be the case. He'll, he'll get a, you know, face-to-face conversation with those guys. All right, Matt, time to put you on the spot. Illinois, Wyoming, give it to me. What's the result? I think Illinois covers. I think they're a 10-point 10, 10 favorite at home. I think they cover just barely, but I think they cover. Uh, Wyoming's got too many holes and too many inexperienced players on offense, um, quite frankly, and on defense. For this to be their first game and on the road in, 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 in I would say, a hostile environment, um, I think it's actually going to be a, a neutral environment more than a hostile environment in this opener. But I think that Illinois has the ability to make it a – with their defense, has an ability – to, uh, to allow their offense to kind of get some momentum and, and, and get their feet under them. And I, I think Illinois wins by 10, maybe 11 points. Okay. Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com. Many thanks to you, my friend. Uh, Not a problem. National championship winning coaches signing new deals to do very different things. That's on the way. Listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry Smith, Mike Hagley, Brad Sturdy here in week zero on the college football calendar. Illinois hosting Wyoming, and before that, Nebraska and Northwestern from Ireland. Uh, the only two games on the Big Ten calendar, and uh, we'll have more on both games coming up in just a bit. But some other things uh, looking around. Peeking out from around our world, Nick Saban in the news this week, uh, still going. And once again, Kirby Smart, move over. It's Nick Saban who once again is the highest paid. Well, when you're the GOAT, you get paid the most. I guess that's the way it works. Saban, eight years through 2030, he'll be like 78 years old or something when this ends or something. It's crazy. I mean, eventually, when's it enough? I mean, I I don't know. When's he going to retire and enjoy to go fishing and golfing? I don't know. 
<laughs> it's but it's crazy. I mean, he he deserves it. I mean, when you look at anybody who deserves the contract, he's been the most successful college football coach in history. Yeah, and, and when you are as good as he is and you make eleven million dollars doing something that you're really good at, why not keep getting people to pay you eleven million dollars to be good? It's hard to argue, you know, if he can do it till he's 93 and put the put the uh, national title record so far out of reach that John wouldn't wouldn't think of it. Why not? Yeah, I you got to. It's like us, you know, for eleven dollars, we do this radio show. Cash? <laughs> Cash? Here's, no, here's, it's, you'll get it later. Here's, OK, here's, 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 then I owe you, Mike. Scary. Here's what's scary. Nick Saban makes almost a million dollars a game to coach. I mean, that's just good. the college game. That's, that's great. It, it's a it's a good wage if you can get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, and, and you. he makes just almost a million dollars more per game than I do for covering them. <laughs> exactly. Almost, almost. Almost. Another, another coach in the news this week, Urban Meyer. He also has won a national title years ago with Ohio State. Uh, of course, he had the debacle in the Jacksonville. We won't talk about returning to the uh, Fox Sports booth. And I think he did a great job on Fox when he was there before. Yeah, I think he was better on Fox than he was in the in the bar. I mean, in Jacksonville. So, uh, so he was he was definitely better uh, there. So, uh, yeah, I, I, the pro game didn't work out for Urban. Let, let's be honest though: if Urban ever wants to come back to college, he'd be successful. Yeah. He, the guy's just the guy's good. What What I love is how you know you talk about hiding it under a bushel. Well, Fox their their announcement was like Urban Meyer gonna be coming <laughs> i mean it was like the announcement that never was and so it's like you know he's really good at what he does but we don't really want to have a big conversation about it so there we are well have other things to talk about with them we don't want to talk about him we don't want to talk about <laughs> it's, it's, albert pujols just um boy it's just been uh, fantastic what a final year for the future hall of famer pujols been great um uh, he's 693 you know, 693, 690, somewhere in that range. And, you know, I'd love to see him get 700 home runs um, I, this year. That would be fantastic. I think going into this year, I didn't think he was going to be able to do it because, you know, just the way it works, uh, way, you know, it, he hadn't hit that many and he needed what well, I think it was 21 or something coming in. So the thing about him is clearly when Juan Ponce de Leon was looking for the fountain of youth, he was looking in Florida. It was the Mississippi River in St. Louis because he hit the fountain of youth, baby. Yeah, it, it has been tremendous the last week or so. You feel like did did somebody get Albert Pujols out of a time machine from 2005 and drop him in? Because, I mean, he's hitting home runs that you're just like, yeah, that's gone. You know, I mean, yeah. these are yeah. not like creep over the top. It's he swings the bat and he knows it's it's somewhere in orbit. Yeah. I think the angels may be wondering, like, okay, where were you? <laughs> really? <laughs> are you kidding me? What's what's up with this? Uh, Albert same with that same with that Yankees pitcher that they got too, who all of a sudden yeah. couldn't couldn't play well for the Yankees, turns into Tom Seaver for the for the Cardinals. Something about St. Louis. Something about uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Laclean. It's got to be that Mississippi mud. Yeah, yeah, it is. Pierre, it's all Pierre good, Pierre baby. Pierre. Pierre Laclede had some secret he buried there along the banks and they found it. You're exactly right. Uh, speaking of home runs, uh, how about the season Aaron Judge is having on the other side of the age spectrum? But, um, you know, I won't say quietly because he's had a fantastic year and he's, he's picked up the pace again. But 
he's got a shot now to set the American League record for home runs, the, to break Maris at 61. Yeah, Judge, before the season, he went through all those contract negotiations and turned down a load of money. I mean, he yeah. bet on himself, and he's producing. I mean, he came in, you, know, you had 60 home runs after betting on yourself. That's saying, all right, Yankees, now, now you didn't want to give me what I wanted back then. Now you're going to have to pay even more. So there's a premium on Aaron Judge right now, and he, he, he bet on himself, and he said, I'm going to show you. Yeah, and, and let's face it, you've got the biggest fishbowl in the world there, the most pressure you can get of any baseball team, and he's responding to it by crushing it. So you, yeah. it, you know, every dollar he earns, you got to just tip your hat and say, well done, well done. Well, and, and why not wait and see what the market is to your point? You know, if you don't feel if you feel you're worth more than that, look around and see what some of these other guys, what they're signing for. And I mean, you know, uh, we we may be talking here in six months about a, you know, or, or three or four months. You're about a half billion dollar contract for Aaron Judge. It is the Yankees. It is New York. And he is Aaron Judge. So, yep. Lots of stuff going on. We've got more uh, on the way after a quick timeout. Stay with us right here. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn-out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions. 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. This Game Changer segment presented by OSF Healthcare. Brett Bielema felt he needed to change things up on offense after last season. Out was Tony Peterson. In is Barry Lunny Jr., most recently the offensive coordinator for Texas San Antonio, but he spent several years with Arkansas. So who is Barry Lunny Jr. and what does he bring? Well, for some insight, we wanted to go to the source. Uh, Mike Irwin is a reporter and analyst for Pig Trail Nation in Arkansas, covering the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, Mike, welcome to the Sports Spectacular. And, and I, I got to start off by asking, what is Pig Trail Nation? Tell me, tell me how that came to be. Yeah, the pig trail is a is a two-lane stretch of blacktop, very winding through the Ozark Mountains. And if you go back far enough, the 30s, the 40s, it was the main road that people from central Arkansas took to get up to games here. Very dangerous road. Uh, they haven't used it for a long time. There's interstates now all the way, but it was uh, it was the pig trail. And I have no idea who came up with that idea to call us that, but that's <laughs> the pig trail is that road. And every hog fan knows what the pig trail is. <laughs> we got a little knowledge today. <laughs> we always think of like, when I think of the, the hogs and the pig trails, I'm thinking of, I go back to Washington Redskins with the hogs. And I think that's what <laughs> Brett Bielema wants from his offensive line. He loves those big hogs, but 
how is Barry Lenny going to be a little different maybe than, uh, th- than that is, are they going to open it up a little bit? What do you, what do you see from him? I was just looking at the press conference from two days ago and Bielema, I guess, was talking about the lack of access. And he said, look, there's a reason for that. We don't, we, everyone will find out what our offense will be when we start the game. So uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I know what Bielema ran here, which was kind of a version of bully ball, which Sam Pittman likes. Lunny, of course, went with uh, Jeff Trailer when uh, Chad Morris was fired. Trailer was the running backs coach, and he became the head coach at UT San Antonio. He took Lunny with him, who had been the tight ends coach. And uh, they ran a very wide open offense there. What he's going to do now, I have no idea. But I do know that he has a, had a, he coached with his dad at Bentonville, which is just north of here. They won, I think, three state championships. And they were, they were a run pass balance team, but they, they ran a tempo offense and they threw it a lot. Um, I'm just going to guess and say it's going to be a little bit of what Brett likes and a lot of what Lunny likes. <laughs> Now, does he do a lot of the tempo type of uh, things? Because uh, we hear about that a lot this, you know, when they're talking today. Yeah, I think he did at UT San Antonio. Again, I, 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 I'd I, have to watch their practice, which apparently you can't do to, <laughs> to have any idea how that will work. But, you know, he's a very measured person. Bielema was talking about him in that press conference, said he doesn't say anything that's not planned out. And that is correct. I've known him since – probably 1990 his junior year in high school he won two state championships down there at Fort Fort Smith Southside 1990-91 and then he was the starting quarterback midway through his freshman year and injured engineered Arkansas's first big upset in the SEC that was their first year in the league and they went down to Knoxville at one and four in the season and Tennessee was number four in the nation and they put Lunny in as starting quarterback he's a left-handed quarterback and he pulled off the upset and he developed a reputation in his time here of winning big games on the road. They beat Georgia the next year at Georgia. They beat Alabama, Arkansas's first win in Tuscaloosa when he was a senior with a, he threw a touchdown pass with about six seconds left to win that game. And uh, then that was the first SEC championship game Arkansas made it into. So his, his time here as a player was very successful. Uh, he was an offensive coordinator at Tulsa, went to San Jose State, but came back home to work for his dad for several years. And then Brett Bielema hired him as the tight ends coach. He was here, Bielema's entire time, and then two years with Chad Morris. And then he went to UT San Antonio. So he's somebody you you really have known for a long time. Did you see the, the coaching uh, side in him when he was a, a star player? Did you, did you, could you have predicted this kind of outcome? Sure. His dad won seven state championships in this wow. state is okay. a great guy. And I know him very well. And Barry's a lot like him. Um, and, you know, Barry senior was kind of an innovative guy. And so it doesn't surprise me that he's done you know, what a lot of people probably don't know is Barry Lunny jr. Almost got this job when Chad Morris was fired. I think the fact that he'd never been a head coach hurt him a little bit, but I think the athletic director wanted to hire him. The board, balked and so they ended up with Sam Pittman but he almost got this job and I think he will if he's successful at Illinois he'll be a head coach in his next job I'm fairly sure well that's 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 exciting so he's got coaching in his blood you always like those guys that have you're in that coaching fraternity is it what's what's the personality like you know we get to seem like 
in interviews and things like that, we haven't really got to see him on a sideline. Is it a call measured approach? Is it, is he going to be a little fire and brimstone at times? What, what are we going to see on the sideline? He's pretty low key and he does his coaching that way too. I don't, you don't, you don't see him yelling at guys, his approach. And this was the tight ends that I talked to because he coached there several years, coached the tight ends, but they always told me that his attitude was you didn't come here to sit on the bench, to not play. And if you don't do the things I ask you to do, that's where you'll be. You'll be on the bench. So it's up to you. I'm not going to fool with you. If you do what you need to do, you'll be on the field. You may not be a starter, but I'll get you out there. If you don't do what I'm asking you to do, you will sit there. So you make the decision. I, he, he, didn't, he didn't feel like he had to yell at anybody. It was just, I'm going to apply logic. And you decide what you want to do. And then if you kept doing it, you weren't on the team anymore. <laughs> So what kind of risk manager is he? Because we're obviously not expecting, you know, Mike Leach, but we, you know, there's, there's some fans here in, in Champaign who would love to see a little bit more, let's say, uh, spice in the offense. Well, if you, we watch, yeah, if you watch what he did at UT San Antonio, certainly he was that. Now, the issue is what will, what will Bielema do? And I don't know. I, I was a Brown Brett for – the entire time he was here and he ran a very conservative offense while he was here. Um, what he wanted to do was get a 10 point lead in the third quarter and sit on it, play bully ball. <laughs> he did that. I've seen him do it at Texas tech. I think it was his third year, maybe second year he was here. They had a 10 point lead coming out of the dressing room. Texas tech had three offensive possessions in the second half, nine plays, three, three and outs. And Arkansas ran a, I don't know, it was like a seven-minute drive, a, an eight-minute drive, a nine-minute drive. It was all four yards, five yards, four yards, six yards, five yards, four yards. It was really boring, but it was amazing when it was over <laughs> what they were able to do in controlling that. That's Brett Bielema. I, I, he got himself in a little bit of trouble. His, I think it was his second, third year here. He went he had a bad first year because his quarterback separated his shoulder and they didn't really have a, an adequate backup. I think they won three or four games that year, but the second year went to the a bowl game, beat Texas in the Texas bowl. And then he went down later on, maybe that next spring and to a co coaching convention in Texas. And at that time, and even today, these Texas high school coaches were all wide open. And he, in a coaching convention told them, I'll take my two tight ends and stick them up your rear end. And that didn't fly very well. And a lot of fans were angry. It was like, what are you doing? You're trying to recruit that state and you're making those coaches mad. But that was what he did here. I, I don't know what he's going to do there. I didn't watch Illinois last year, so I don't know what kind of offense they ran. And it wouldn't matter anyway because it's obviously going to change. But how it's going to change, I don't know. Talking with Mike Irwin here on the – uh, Game Changers segment presented by OSF Healthcare. Uh, Mike, as we mentioned, is a reporter and analyst for Pig Trail Nation, covering uh, Arkansas Razorbacks uh, for a very long time. Uh, this guy, if you want to know Razorbacks history, um, he's going to have that. Uh, you're just saying, I'm talking about, again, some background here on Barry Lunny Jr. But talking about Brett Bielema, he was down there for a few years. Um, you just you know, admitted that you didn't watch Illinois last year. Um, you know, Illinois, I don't know if you followed there hasn't been much to watch for the most part for 30 years. It's been a, it's been a struggle. Um, and Bielema came in really, we've, we've said it and we're just being brutally honest scorched earth. I mean, he's starting from square one and, and they did rebound late in the big 
uh, road wins over ranked teams uh, late in the season in uh, October with Penn State and, and at Minnesota in November. What was his tenure like there? And if he hadn't kind of made this mistake, I mean, do you think he would have had a little more success and and wouldn't have been out? Or or what was what was your opinion of him when when he was down uh, down in Fayetteville? Came in and had a really rough first year. Most people realized it wasn't his fault. Didn't have an adequate backup quarterback. You know, he hadn't been here long enough to recruit for that. And the second year when they went to a bowl game and when they beat Texas, he, they, he won the fans over. Next year, they, uh, they won seven games that year. They went seven to sec- six. The next year, they went eight and five and won the uh, Liberty Bowl, beat Kansas State. I would say at that point, people loved him. Uh, but he had some issues with his assistant coaches. He lost Sam Pittman. I think there was a defensive linebackers coach maybe that left. And he did not replace those coaches with the coach of similar ability. And the next two years just kind of went south on him. And he had two losing seasons and he got fired. Um, good guy. We all liked him. Loved the press conferences. Felt like he was always honest with us. I just think a lot of people felt like he got ahead of himself. He had those two good years. People were happy. Okay, that they're they're happy now. Maybe I can relax a little bit, and you just never can relax, not in the SEC. The other thing is I, I always felt like he was a little bit out of his element in this league. Big Ten, very different. He'd been very successful at Wisconsin, and I think he'll be happier where he is now. I mean, I've been to Champaign many times. My great-grandfather worked there as a – court reporter for the Illinois Supreme Court. I mean, he lived there. He didn't work there, but uh, he had a permanent residence there. My dad was born there. Uh, my grandfather was born there. I've been there when I was a kid many, many times, and it's a great place, uh, you know, and I think he'll like it there. He, he's, he himself is from Illinois, so I think he'll be a lot happier, and I think he'll do well there. Mike, you mentioned uh, you didn't get to see Illinois' offense last year. Neither did any of us. We, we didn't get to see Illinois' <laughs> offense either. So um, that's why we have a new offensive coordinator, right? I mean, that, that's the way it usually goes in these things. So, um, and, and I, I want to go back to Barry Lenny Jr. a little bit. I, I you know, so we kind of have a feel for he's kind of a laid back guy, but he's, you know, he's an analytical guy with a, as a coach. What's he like as a recruiter? Um, what, what's his recruiting uh, style? And ha- was he effective at recruiting at the places, at Arkansas, for example? Well, what they did with him because of his Arkansas ties and, you know, Bielema comes in from the outside immediately. He wants at least some guys on his staff that know Arkansas, know how to recruit the state. The, the philosophy has always been here. Get the, get the best six, maybe seven players a year out of the state. Then you go into Texas and get three or four. You go into Louisiana and get a couple. You know, you go into Missouri and get some guys, Oklahoma. Different coaches have stretched it into other areas. Uh, Bielema had some ties to Florida when he first came here. But Lunny basically had Arkansas. And he moved on into Oklahoma, too. And he recruited very well. Um, I just think parents know that he's a good guy. He comes across like a good guy. I think the fact that his dad was a coach impresses parents. And um, he's not flashy. He doesn't try to. You know, he's not going to try to bamboozle you with his personality. He's just straight up, and I think people appreciate that. So he was a good recruiter here. So that leads to a logical question, then. Are there any really good recruits 
particularly in the defensive line or quarterback that are in uh, Arkansas that we can unleash Mr. Lunny on. Uh, if there are some and he thinks he can get them, he'll be here. I haven't heard that he's come back into the state, but, um, you know, he certainly would come here if he thought he had a shot. And, and look, his dad knows a lot of people. He knows a lot of people. I'm assuming that if he's there for two or three years, he will, he will bring some, some players out of Arkansas to that program. Yeah, the drive isn't isn't that bad up there. Uh, it's not not too bad. It's it's not no, all. It's not too far. Yeah, yeah, it's not too far. I mean, you go up and get on I forty four and go through St. Louis, and yeah. you're almost there, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, well, we can't let you go before we ask about uh, the Razorbacks this year. And um, as you mentioned, SEC football is um, is always just exciting year in year out. So competitive, especially the West. Uh, what do you expect out of the Hogs? Well, you know. Sam Pittman was considered one of the worst hires in the country at the time he was hired because he'd never been a head coach. And people were like, what are you doing? And, you know, the athletic director, Hunter Juracek, said, look, he's good. And um, they had that all SEC schedule that first year, the COVID year, and it was the toughest schedule in the country. They played Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. And, and, and Georgia wasn't supposed to be on the schedule, but they added them because you got two more SEC games that year. And they won three games. Look, they three SEC games. They had never – Chad Morris never won an SEC game. So Arkansas had gone two years without a single SEC win. So they got, they got three that year. And then last year they finished uh, tied for, for third in the SEC West and, you know, won five conference games. And, and so nine games overall, I think fans are excited. I mean, this guy knows how to lead. And the, I can tell you just what I've seen from camp so far, you've got, a, you've got an established starting quarterback coming back that made big plays last year. When you have that, you have a shot because it all starts and ends with your quarterback. I, I, the other – we just had a – a, we were just talking about Nick Saban um, earlier in the show. And um, I, so I got to ask a question. What's the thought on Nick Saban? Is he going to coach until he's like 100 years old? Is that the plan? <laughs> he just signed a – Another eight-year extension. I mean, how, how long is he going to be at Alabama? Yeah, I think he may stay through the end of that extension. You know, he just <laughs> – he's got the best job in America, and he's the best coach in America, so I guess he wants to keep doing it. Maybe he realizes that Bear Bryant, you know, stepped down and died about two months later. Right. And so he doesn't want to go through that. I don't know. Well, or playing Illinois did it to him. You know, he's going to – there's a reason for uh, Coach Saban to keep Illinois off the schedule. Yeah, right. Um, how, one real quick question for you. Um, how is uh, Arkansas in basketball landing all these big recruits? They really have went crazy the last 12 months. This is another one of those Eurocheck hires. Uh, you know, he, he fired Mike Anderson, who was a popular coach here, but kind of – and he wasn't bad. He just – they wanted better. And I uh, thought he could get Kelvin Sampson, and then Sampson turned the job down. I think he got offered a situation where his son would be the coach in waiting, and he decided to stay at Houston. And then I'm hearing this, you know, this Eric Musselman, and I have no idea who this guy is. Nobody knew. And so he comes in here, and I, the guy's a tornado. That's all I can tell you. He's all over social media. He's all over Twitter. He's doing crazy things all the time. Recruits out the wazoo. They've never – even Nolan didn't recruit the way this guy does. I mean, he, he's probably got 
at least the number two or three recruiting class this year on this team. And then he's already moving in that direction next year. So we watched him in Europe. They went and played four games in Europe. And this is a very talented team. He's an outstanding coach. Mike, we will leave it there. Thanks so much uh, for your time and, and the insight. And uh, great to spend some time with you and get to get to know uh, the Illinois coaches a little better through you and your experience. Yeah, I enjoyed it, guys. And good luck. I hope you guys have a good year. Yeah, we appreciate it. My grandpa that. was a fan, so he hasn't been around in a long time, but he would be pulling for him for sure. <laughs> Perfect. We we could feel the orange and blue love coming up from, uh, from Arkansas. Thanks so much, Mike Irwin. Again, we appreciate it. Thanks for the knowledge in this segment presented by OSF Healthcare. Uh, we need to pay some bills and then back with more. This is the Sports Spectacular, powered by com. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgent care to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. As we mentioned, the Big Ten takes center stage this weekend with a pair of games. Nebraska was supposed to play Illinois and Ireland last August, but that game was moved to Champaign due to COVID. Uh, the Huskers lost Illini in that one. Illinois at home versus Wyoming this time this weekend. The Huskers have made it to Europe. Uh, as they had planned a year ago, but instead they are now playing guys, big 10 rival Northwestern. Yeah. It's an interesting game because I Northwestern was surprisingly, I guess both these teams were surprisingly bad last year. And, but Nebraska did thump Northwestern when they played head to head. So it's going to be interesting to see which team is going to be the bounce back team. Cause I think one of them could be a team that bounces back and is better than expected this year that's been the pat fitzgerald uh modus operandi here at northwestern lose big win big win big lose i mean just back and forth yeah you got you got uh fitzy's kind of the rubber band man you know you don't you don't know exactly which way he's going to snap but uh it can be really exciting or really but uh, and and on scott frost's side you know you just you have to wonder because again on paper this team looks like the clear better team than Northwestern and the styles certainly seem to favor them based on last year's result. So put your money on Northwestern. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just laughing at the rubber band man was like, what is he a spinners fan? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> I think, I think he snaps is back snaps back wash after wash. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Nebraska. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Nice. Yeah, you're from the 70s. You know that. Um, yeah. Nebraska this week naming uh, Casey Thompson, the, the transfer from, from Texas as their starting quarterback. So, you know, I think these kids got a lot of talent. Um, you know, Martinez is now gone. Is he is he an upgrade? I mean, we'll wait and see here um, with, with this uh, with this game starting again. And that's a 1230 kickoff, as, as we've mentioned. Uh, and that game will be uh, seen on Fox. Um, and now the other side, you mentioned Nebraska and you know, you, you're getting your team together. The last thing you want to do is say something that's going to create some controversy or, or distract the program or the media or anybody else. But Scott Frost did that this week when he talked about his offensive 
line coach is working this guy so well that the, the guys vomit. And this is a quote, probably 15 to 20 times a day. Um, there, there are a lot of jokes there. None of them are appropriate. So I'm not going to say them. So Mike, <laughs> when you heard that, what was your thought? Well, you know, I've never heard bulimia as a recruiting tactic. I mean, it, this is, I, I'm serious. I mean, as a, as a coach, you're like, yeah, you know, our head coach did say you're going to throw up a lot, but it's really not true. You're just going to throw up a normal amount. I mean, what what what's normal throwing up for offensive linemen? I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking Coach B is sitting here going, okay, I got a list, you know, or or Coach you know, Fitzy's like, I know we've got a thousand things we can talk about next time there's an offensive lineman that wants to go to Nebraska. I don't know, Brad, yeah. what do you think? <laughs> well, okay, as a as a coach, every coach has had that where you've had that kid puke and you're kind of like, okay, now we've reached somebody puke. You know, it's like that now it's a, now it's a party. You know what I mean? So we've all had that. We've all had that happen when we're coaching. And so it's always interesting. I I think this was, you know, the fact that he was criticized by people and things like it's obvious. He was just exaggerating, trying to make it show how tough, tough his offensive line coach were is and how tough his offensive linemen were. It was just a kind of a joke taken away out of context. It, it, it was kind of funny. I mean, but here's the thing. We know it was stupid. We know it wasn't true. Nobody's vomiting 15 to 20 p- times a day. So, eh, not a big deal, but it's funny. <laughs> he yeah. definitely, Coach Frost is definitely does not calculate every word that comes out of his mouth. Is that he fair does to not. say? <laughs> yeah. He's, def- he's <gasps> definitely, not Nick's, definitely not Nick Saban, is he, with the, with the media? Well, and, and on the other side, maybe it was intentional because we're talking about the vomit comment and not maybe. Some- I guess <laughs> that's how you can get Nebraska in the mainstream. Hey, let's talk about vomiting. At least he didn't say they're getting diarrhea. So I guess it's an upgrade. <laughs> even worse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, 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 that drug commercial where they sing diarrhea, you know, it's like, come yeah. on. And I, I do think though, no, I guess. You, I don't want to think about that. I, the bottom line is, is we have, we haven't mentioned the fact that this is a, a, a must win situation for Scott Frost in game one because of the vomit comments. So, Hey, first point goes to coach Frost. There you go. If they lose, if they lose, how many writers, the headline is going to be <laughs> Nebraska <laughs> makes us want to puke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, but as far as that commercial goes, they, they say diarrhea as if they are, you know, boys to men or, you know, the yeah. little guys. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, so at least it sounds good. It makes it seem like it's not a bad thing. Hey, you know what? Uh, uh, I heard this this next story, and it it, it did make me want to. <laughs> Rutgers, Rutgers football having all kinds of financial problems, and the story comes out that they last year <laughs> spent four hundred fifty thousand dollars on DoorDash. I mean, I know Mike goes about ten grand on DoorDash a year. I know that four hundred fifty grand on DoorDash. Sure. That, that's a lot of DoorDash, a lot of DoorDash. I mean, that's more than my kid eat at Papa Dell's every day and, and that amount of DoorDash. So, I mean, he could live the dream. Uh, I, I got to be honest. From, from champagne. They could DoorDash it from champagne to Texas and he so, would take. He so $450,000 annually makes me wonder if DoorDash is a cover for a 
whole different type of business. <laughs> Where I mean, are we delivering exactly? Are we are we gonna are we gonna have this quickly evolve into a Patino situation? Oh, God. oh goodness the gracious! Sadly, are endless on this. Yes, they yeah. are, and you know, all you need to be is a good private eye, and who knows where this goes? Yeah. A lot of money. It is interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's like that's like 40 grand a month, and that's assuming it's 12 months. That is uh, a lot of cash. Uh, Rutgers, here's an idea ramen noodles. Uh, they're real quick. <laughs> right in the microwave. They cost you nothing, and you can save some cash. All right. Stay with us. We've got much more ahead. Uh, hold it down. It's okay after this. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Continue here on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Larry, Mike, and Brad joined by a very special guest to get the perspective on the other side. Ian McMacken of GoYOGo.com. It's the rival site for the Wyoming Cowboys. He's been at this for 20 years. I mean, he looks like he's 20. So, I mean, he must have been a child prodigy before he got started. Hey, he's got that baby face. Thank hey, you very much. You're welcome, man. Uh, thanks for joining us in the Sports Spectacular. Hey, tell us about uh, the Wyoming Cowboys. I mean, you know, we don't. You know, and over here in Illinois, Big Ten country, we don't get a chance to, to to go out west very often. Tell us about Wyoming. Yeah, you guys being the Big Ten conference, you're probably not as familiar with the Mountain West. We're not on the huge national profile, obviously, type conference. But, you know, we are a conference that has some pretty good football teams in it. And Wyoming was actually this time last year was considered one of the most experienced football teams in the country. In fact, I think ESPN had us maybe the number one stability. I don't know if you guys remember, they came out with that big rating of all the college football programs in the country. And uh, Coach Bull obviously has been there. He's entering his ninth year, and he's kind of a, a stable type of coach. He's at Nebraska, you know, he's coached around, you know, Wisconsin assistant coach. Uh, but uh, this year the team is uh, due to graduation and transfers is not nearly as experienced as last year. And there's a lot more unknowns at the position. The quarterback position is a big um, question mark with the new quarterback. Uh, definitely going to be a new quarterback this year. It looks like it's going to be the transfer from Utah State. Andrew Peasley, though, Coach Bull did not actually come out and, you know, say that as press conference today. He's kind of doing the same thing the Illinois coach is doing, <laughs> not making the official announcement. I don't know if they're doing gamesmanship there against each other, but – uh, Peasley, I think Andrew Peasley is going to be in the quarterback, but really short. Uh, Wyoming is a younger football team this year. Uh, Coach Bull feels uh, there is some talent in the program, um, younger talent that could really make a name for themselves this year, but really won't know until they hit the field and start playing some football games. Yeah, Illinois is also a team that has a lot of new faces, but um, it sounds like Wyoming has a uh, um, uh, really new faces at, at and young faces too. They're guys who haven't maybe had that experience, but what, what are your thoughts on the talent level? I mean, the coach says talent. What are your thoughts on the talent level? Uh, do you feel like they have that talent to compete at the, you know, against the big 10 team coming up? 
Well, I think in a, a initial game, I think potentially they do. I think there's some talent on this football program. I think Coach Bull in his ninth year has done a pretty good job recruiting to Wyoming. Um, Wyoming's always been, you know, talent enough to be uh, competitive in the Mount West Conference. Um, we, in fact, last year, I think we had like 18 guys in the NFL on our, you know, NFL rosters from, from this program. So uh, Wyoming does a little bit differently because we're not going to go out and get a lot of four or five star recruits, but they do a good job of evaluating talent. And then they, they are able to develop this talent. You know, we had, of course, you guys know about Josh Allen, but you got Logan Wilson, the starting middle linebacker at Cincinnati right now at Chad Moom, a really important linebacker to the team last year got drafted he's going to be a big guy to replace I think we're going to be able to replace him with Easton Gibbs as an upcoming uh, linebacker and so it's 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 kind of a situation where I I think he's recruited well but we're going to have to see how that trans with all the young faces that don't have nearly as much experience how they're going to be able to go in there and and uh, compete and they did beat Missouri a couple years ago in Laramie so there is you know some ability on this team to go out and play some pretty good football at times. And of course, as a longtime Cowboy fan, when I think of Wyoming, of course, I think of Jay Novacek. So that's that's cool. We, but we don't need any Jay Novacek. Yeah, style. Jay Novacek's uh, <laughs> uh, definitely an icon from Wyoming, along with some names. Maybe you guys don't remember some of these guys, but you know, Fennis Dembo, a basketball player, yeah. played back in the late '80s. Yes, but, we uh, remember Jay him. Jay is definitely an icon in Wyoming, and he's in the in the. In the college football hall of fame. So that should say something about what he accomplished. So, so how do you think this Wyoming defense is going to stack up against the Illini run game? Well, that's going to be interesting. Uh, They've been solid defensively under bowl through most of his tenure. And they got uh, two pretty good defensive tackles with experience of really beginning to evolve and Jordan Bertinelli and, um, the other guy uh, is uh, Cole Goodbow. He's from the Wisconsin area at a high school, but they get, they feel real good about the defensive tackle. Now they had a really an upcoming defensive end that they're really excited about Sebastian Harsh, but we found out today that he's not going to be available for the Illinois game, but he's an athletic defensive end. So they're, they're a little concerned about the athleticism on the side and the experience on the defensive end of things. Um, again, they're replacing some, pretty good players defensively it's how it's going to translate but they like I said they've been pretty good defensively um, it's going to be interesting to see how they match up this, this game on Saturday is really uh, to me is just going to be very interesting because I just don't know what to expect at Wyoming come on come Saturday how they're going to perform and how Illinois is going to f- perform in the game but I all I know is from the past that they've uh, been pretty solid defensively you know, we're looking as we're talking to Ian McMacken here. Uh, he's a publisher of GoYoGo.com, the Wyoming rivals side. And, of course, the Cowboys playing Illinois on Saturday. Uh, you know, Brett Bielema last year played in week zero and, and really liked it. Illinois at home opened against Nebraska and the game that was going to be over in Ireland and it was stayed home because of COVID and got the win. So then he moves this game up to week zero. Um, how unusual is it? And and is, is, is Coach Craig Bowl of Wyoming, is he a fan or just – he just went along with it because that's where the paycheck was. I think it's probably some of the paycheck. Uh, I think he <laughs> said today that he wants to, uh, you know, with non-conference is interesting because you play a variety of different types of programs. So Wyoming does want to play at least a couple, you know, the big 10 
Pac-12, uh, Big 12 type schools during the non-conference portion. But I think the paycheck had a little bit to do with it. Um, now, normally we are kind of in a situation in Wyoming where, you know, we, we get some home and homes occasionally. This is not going to be a home and home. It's going to be a game that is going to be just a one trip to Illinois. It's going to be the first matchup. But I think Coach Bowl likes uh, the early schedule because we're going to get a couple bye weeks in the middle of the schedule to kind of make up for that a little bit and you get that extra week of preparation and I, I you know I, he sounds like he feels like they're prepared and ready to go and ready to play so so I I put the Illinois our Illinois beat writer at IlliniGuys.com put him on the spot so now I got to put you on the spot what's your prediction for this game um, heading into it well I know a lot of the Wyoming fans aren't going in the season with a lot of uh, you know, a lot of excitement about the potential of the team. They're just hoping right now that they might get mad at me if I picked against Wyoming. So I uh, went on the last rival site, the Illinois rival site guy, and told him that Wyoming would win 24 to 23. But they're going to have to play a, a pretty good football game to have a chance to win, I believe. Mistake-free. They're going to have to be basically mistake-free to have a chance. So I, th- I think that's fair. That's a, that's a, that's a fair analysis. Yeah. Yeah, no problem with that. I wouldn't go to the betting game with this, but <laughs> but, but you got to keep, gotta keep have the base happy. Point. You got to keep the base happy. So that's correct. <laughs> right. Ian, we will let you go. Ian McMacken uh, again is a publisher of the um, rival site for Wyoming. Go wyogo.com. Ian, great to uh, to meet you. Have you on the show, and let's uh, hopefully get together again soon. Yeah, I hope so, guys. I appreciate the invite today. Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much again, Ian McMacken. Go wyogo.com if you want to read more about the Wyoming Cowboys uh, before the game and even after. Uh, be sure of that. And by the way, those of you in Mattoon, you should know, of course, uh, Drake Jeffries, uh, as you guys know, former Mattoon Greenway playing for the Cowboys and what a great season he had in basketball last year. Hey, this is the Sports Spectacular. We're powered by IlliniGuys.com. But up next, it's the voice of the Illini, Brian Barnhart. Stops in. That's next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On Call Urgent Care. With OSF On Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24 7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgent care to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. Have a business you'd like to promote right here? To advertise on the Sports Spectacular, reach out at info at and use the passion of the Illini Guys to reach your audience. That's info at Hello, this is Brett Dillman, the Illinois head football coach, and you're listening to Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Glad you're still with us here on the Sports Spectacular as we count down to kickoff. Football season is here. The Illini and Wyoming, 3 o'clock Central Time. You can see that game on the Big Ten Network. And, of course, you also can hear it on the uh, Busey Network as well. And uh, we are thrilled to have the voice of the Illini with us right now, starting his 21st season, Brian Barnhart. Brian, I, I mean, I hate to even say that because I know that we can't be that old. We began when we were like 10 years old, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It has gone really fast. And I, uh, I run into students quite a bit uh, when I speak to classes at the U of I. And they're like, oh, yeah, I grew up listening to you. <laughs> and I'm like, no, wait a minute. I haven't been around that long, have I? And uh, yeah, because you think about it, the kids that are 
in college now at the U of I were born about what the time of the 05, uh, roughly 05 final four run, I guess. I mean, yeah. that, that makes perfect sense now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's meant to be a compliment, but it's also yeah. a very sobering uh, comment as well. Well, let's talk Illini football here. Um, it's, it's an exciting time, obviously with what we've got going and, and year two of Brett Bielema. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to, I don't want to alter what you're about to say. So give me your thoughts on this team, um, uh, you know, without me chiming in on uh, where this team is right now. Well, I think they're headed in the right direction. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think that Brett Bielema showed last year. I mean, he took it uh, in his first year, took a team that I don't know what people expected, how many wins they would get, but they were competitive in every game, but about two. I think the Wisconsin game, well, it wasn't competitive. Uh, and then, of course, the Virginia game last year in Charlottesville was was a blowout early. But other than that, they were in every football game. They were competitive down to the finish. Uh, they literally gave away two games. Uh, I think the Maryland game and the Purdue game, they gave away at the very end. And so, I mean, I think realistically, when you look back on it, they probably should have been in a bowl game last year. And, uh, and again, had the two big wins at Minnesota and at Penn State along the way against ranked teams on the road. So, I think that, you know, is a great foundation, a great starting point. Uh, the one thing that I think, you know, looking at this year is you don't have all the super seniors back. Uh, you've got to add some depth, I think, behind the front line guys, which I think are really good. Guys like, you know, Palcheski on the offensive line and Pearl. Uh, and then, you know, you think Isaiah Williams is back for another year on, on offense and great running backs in Brown and McCray. And I, I know this Lawfrey kid, they like him a lot from Gibson City and Chase Hayden's still there. And and then uh, defensively, you know, Johnny Newton, uh, you think Keith Randolph, you think uh, some of these linebackers, Calvin Hart, uh, you get in the secondary with Spoon, uh, Witherspoon, and and the other guys that are back there, uh, you know, uh, Sidney Brown. Um, those guys are great. I think they've got some really good frontline players. Do they have the depth, I guess, would be the big question behind those guys if you do have injuries. And you know, Larry, there, there are going to be injuries somewhere along the way. And uh, you hope not, but they do happen. And how deep are they at those positions? Because they don't have all the, the super seniors and then younger guys behind them. So that would be one thing. And, and then how that offensive line comes together uh, with two uh, junior college transfers, uh, potentially as starters, uh, that's going to be interesting to follow. And I, I think the biggest thing for me, Larry, is as I look at them, Isaiah Williams is going to have a big year. I think he could have a breakout year. Uh, the question is, can you get him some help? Uh, you know, can you get a Casey Washington or a Hightower or Miller or somebody or a tight end, Tip Ryman or whoever, uh, Luke Ford, can you get some help for Isaiah Williams? Because teams are going to say, okay, Isaiah Williams, we're going to take you away. We're not going to let you have the ball. And Illinois' offensive coordinator, Barry Lunny, is going to have to figure out how to get the ball in his hands as many times as he can. But uh, those are some of the key things I'm looking at. I think the team should be better. I think they will be better. Uh, the question is, can they get off to a good start uh, in the month of September? And because October is a lot tougher sledding. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, you know, a, a couple of games at the end, you, you'd think you'd have a shot to win. So um, the key will be the start, uh, the depth that I talked about. And the other thing for me, Larry, is Purdue's gotten better, you know, with Jeff Brom. They won, what, they went nine games last year. You know, Minnesota has been winning eight, nine, 10, 11 games. Uh, Wisconsin is who they are. Iowa is who they are. Nebraska, you think at some point is going to get it turned around. 
So they could be better, but they got to keep up with the the guys in the neighborhood, so to speak. Yeah, and I think you mentioned injuries. One one area we do know they have good depth is is quarterback. And last year you had Brandon Peters. You had an injured, as we now know, we didn't know then. Art Sikowski. You've got two veteran guys. I think that will change things because, as you know, there were so many times with this offense that was very one dimensional. And there were a lot of three and outs and the defense had to come right back on the field again. And I think now if you've got some balance, if you've got an offense that at least can, can stay on the field. And I think now, um, even if, you know, we're assuming Tommy DeVito going in here is going to be the starter. I think that's, that's kind of the, you know, even though, you know, Brett's not going to say it, he's the guy um, mm-hmm. you've got, if something does happen to him, God forbid, you've got an Art Sikowski coming up. Who's a nice one a right behind him that can kind of give you um, to keep this offense going. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with either guy, yeah. uh, depending who's out there. And Art is uh, – we had him on the spring game because yeah. he was hurt, and he was fantastic. Yeah. And you can you can see why his teammates love him. They do love him and respect him. He's a born leader. DeVito has the same kind of characteristic of the two. You know, they're both Jersey guys. And so I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with either guy out there. And that's a good position to be in. But just reading between the lines, I mean, DeVito's, what, threw for 250 – Three touchdowns in the spring game was very accurate, and Sikowski didn't play. So right there, he's got the leg up, you would think, right? depending on how they've done in camp. But like I say, I don't think you can go wrong with with either guy. And you mentioned the running game. Uh, it's interesting. Chase Brown had 1,000 yards, as we know, and McCray had a lot of yards. But it was interesting with Chase Brown. Uh, there were several times last year. I think it was 71 times they counted. Chase was uh, facing eight men or more in the box. <laughs> and he still averaged about six yards a carry yeah. uh, in those situations. So uh, teams last year, they didn't respect the Illinois passing game. They said, you know, you're going to have to beat us through the air if you want to do that. And I think that's why Barry Lunny was brought in to correct that. Yeah, and I think now you're right. If you can get just a little a little bit vertical, just a little, that opens mm-hmm. things up along the line in the front seven and and – and Chase Brown could do some things. You know, one other thing I want to, before I let you go, uh, you mentioned about in terms of, again, getting off to a hot start. I think that's key. We, we just heard um, a few minutes ago, and we heard from uh, Brett Bielema and his presser, and I know you were there for this as well earlier this week, um, talking about in terms of how important it was to get fans in the, in the stadium. And he mentioned, he said, we, we played last year our best football on the road with, with loud stadiums. And I think that's where – Boy, and I've said this on the show previously, I don't know if 4-0 is possible, but but a 4-0 start or a 3-1 start would be would be huge getting into October and some of these other games and and really to help this momentum that you can kind of feel uh, building all around campus and throughout uh, central Illinois. Yeah, you need to build that momentum. We just haven't been able to sustain it. And, and Brett Bielema talks about that all the time, sustain success. And uh, you can see what he's done in his career and how he's done it. You can know where he's headed. Uh, but, you know, we, we need to win a couple of games at home, big games where there's expectations going in that you can win, and then you build on that momentum. And we just haven't been able to do that. Even the Wisconsin game a few years ago, nobody expected us to win. You went into the game, even, even diehard Illini fans, when McCourt kicked that uh, game winner, went into the game thinking, you know, let's just stay alive in this game. You know, we have no chance. And then they wound up winning it. So, you know, I, I think you got to – you know, and like last year, you know, you you get the nine overtime win at Penn State, and then you you struggle against Rutgers at home the next week. I mean, you you've got to get that momentum started, have sustained success. And I looked out from you know my uh, perch up in the Memorial Stadium on the eighth floor. If you go to the back, you can look out on lot thirty one and thirty two and all the tailgating. And and early in the year last year, those places were jammed. 
But it was during the game, too. People were staying out there. It was like, well, come on in, folks. Right. <laughs> Let's watch the game. Let's, you know, it's fun to tailgate. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's important, too. But I think, you know, I think if you just keep hammering away at it and have some success, build the momentum, get off to a really good start. I think the fans will come. Uh, but you got it's a little bit of a show me situation. Show me what you got. Show me some consistency, and then I'll be back in the stands. Yeah, and Illinois fans have been have been beaten up in, in football. There's no question. Uh, nine straight losing seasons, and I'm with you. I think this is the year that um, we can stop that. It's it's it is uh, it's it's a painful admission that it has now been. Um, I think this is a decade now since we've seen a seven win season. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's where the bar is set. But I think it's uh, possible. And Brett's got him on the right right path. Hey, Brian, we're so thrilled that you're on the show with us and that you're on the call again for Illini sports, football, and basketball. Uh, we appreciate your time. Have a, a great call on uh, Saturday afternoon, and we look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Thanks, Larry, and keep up the great work on your end, too. I you guys are doing great. Thank you. We're having a lot of fun with this, and uh, and we appreciate your friendship. Brian Barnhart, he's the voice of the Fighting Illini. Again, you can catch them all along the uh, Busey Network uh, coming up uh, here all season long as you follow Illini sports. And again, the big game coming up on Saturday at Illini and Wyoming. Stay with us. We'll hear more from uh, Brett Bielema, and we'll get the guys' comments as well as we'll uh, hear what Josh Whitman had to say, talking about, uh, well, the Big Ten uh, massive media deal. Maybe the number's not quite what you think. We'll hear about that coming up after a quick timeout here in the Sports Spectacular. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. We promise more from Brett Bielema during his first in-season weekly news conference, talking about having his coordinators on the sidelines instead of up in the press box. You know, they both want to be down on the field, which I'm fine with. Uh, I don't have any uh, issues with guys being up or down. I was a coordinator that was always on the field because I wanted to see the look in their eye, to your point, um, our players. Um, Ryan has, you know, I've watched him in action as a coordinator. I, I was really impressed with Ryan before the season, but I really became overly impressed, uh, you know, when I saw him on game day. Handled the highs and handled the lows. Uh, his reaction and demeanor to his players and his coaches is extraordinary. I'm fortunate you guys haven't seen it. I've been with Barry on game day. Uh, I'm sure he gave a couple dry one-liners in the press conference as well. He's a very uh, stoic, um, uh, very, very measured guy. Like, I know his team's carefree, but he's, he, there isn't anything that Barry Lunny says or does that hasn't been thought of, right? Like he's a very calculated person. Uh, when you get a chance to meet his dad, like he is a, a great representation of what he's grown and, right. and been bred, you know, to be in his world. And, and uh, those two guys, and I tell you, Sean, uh, I'm really excited. I know you guys don't know a lot about him, but Sean and I, uh, I would say over the last month, have, have really spent a lot of time together. I'm excited to see what uh, special teams brings us. He's instilled a lot of confidence, I think, in both our kickers and our, our return game for sure. So. Uh, excited for that product to hit the field as well. So this idea of maybe unveiling all that is Illinois football, including starting quarterback, and not until the opener, was that something you've done before as a coach, or is that have you sort of evolved to that? Yeah, I think anytime there's a, 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 and I said this to you guys, and I mean this with all due respect, the last thing I ever want to do is make your job hard, right? Like I don't like it when people make my job harder than it needs to be. Um, but the number one priority I have is to protect and, and build Illinois football to be as best as we can be on Saturday. And part of that is restricting access, right? we got a new offense coordinator. Now, the good news for you guys, if we don't have change, I might let you in a little bit more next year, right? Because you're not really going to have anything new, right? But I knew offensively what we've seen, right? People are trying to guess, are they a little bit of us last year? Are they a little bit of UTSA? Are they a little bit of both? Whatever it is, right? Like, well, Saturday we'll find out, right? Like, I, I think... Um, there's a tremendous amount of respect in our program for Wyoming. Um, Coach Bull is, 
uh, been a very successful uh, coach in every step of his career, and to win three national championships, uh, in a, you know, at, at his, uh, even though it was FCS, like he plays really good football. He's an incredibly blessed uh, coach who hires really good coaches. So we have a very difficult assignment on Saturday, um, which took question 14 to get to. But like, uh, it, 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 this is a tough challenge for us on Saturday. I think they're very comparable. Uh, and, and may even be better than the US, UTSA program challenge we had with last year. So that's that's kind of where our mind is at. What stood out about the way your offensive assistants kind of picked up what Barry was teaching them and maybe even added some of their own flavor to it? Yeah, so uh, it was very important for me to bring in a good football coach, right, with a good plan, a good scheme. Um, but they have to believe in what they're saying, what they're doing. And, and then their demeanor to coach the coaches has got to be at a high level. And um, Barry coached high school football for, I believe, five years before I hired him, right? So that means he's in a high school teaching high school kids how to run his offense and also coaching high school coaches. Uh, when Coach Fry gave me my first job, he said the only regret he had in giving me a job is that I've never taught, right? I was never a teacher. Um, and that kind of has always stuck with me because it's not what we know, it's what we're able to teach. And, and uh, I could tell right away from the way Barry taught me his offense and the way he says things, like the teaching element was there. And then what he did is, parlayed that into to our room. Um, I don't want to speak on behalf of George McDonald, Corey Patterson, uh, Bart Miller, Ben Miller. Um, they, they just immediately saw, I think, a guy that knows what he's talking about. He's able to say it. Um, he's got great demeanor. He does have a personality and a humor to him that, that is, is unique. And I think people just naturally like him, which gravitate them to learn from him. And then I'll tell you, the place that really jumped out to me was watching our guys, our guys interact with him during spring football. Um, the, the detail that they played to, that he asked of, the questions they asked, um, uh, it just gave me an indication of that he was reaching them on a lot, a lot higher level than we've been able to do. Wyoming, you mentioned challenges. Yeah. Um, you talked last week about Craig Bowen, your respect for him, yeah. but what have you seen on the field, both offensively and defensively? Well, a couple things, right? So um, I think defensively, they, they're very long, right? If you just look at their numbers. So like, I look at matchups all the time, right? And, and uh, as a head coach, I formulate an idea during the course of our preparation on how I think the game will play based off of what I see. And um, I think their defensive line is long. Uh, now they had some linebackers, especially one that got drafted third round, really good players, active guys. They put a lot on them. Uh, they've had transfer and turnover, so a lot of it out, but also a lot of it in. So I've had to evaluate players that are playing in other schemes to see how they'll fit into what they're doing. Um, uh, I think offensively, uh, there is some carryover to kind of what we do, uh, but, but um, in their system, their quarterback kind of drives the whole thing, and their their biggest challenge that I don't know as of right now is who their quarterback is, right? And I know they know it right now, uh, but that's going to be the biggest thing for us to unfold on Saturday is defensively, how are they going to play, what's going to be the emphasis, who their playmakers, um, and then uh, special teams I think will be kind of a continuation, but you don't know who their return guy is going to be and you know how that's going to play in a kicking game. In a game week, how do you – like for the first game, how do you go about naming other starters? I mean, everybody wants to talk yeah. about quarterback, but depth chart, do you put it up? Do you do a team meeting saying, hey, that offensive guard this week, we're going with these guys? Do you yeah. mean individually? How do you do that? Yeah, Robert, great question. I think, um, uh, I, I I know I say this, and you guys probably take me for my, what, what I'm saying, or you may say, ah, he's just kind of full of it, right? But like, I, I treat all positions the same, right? Like, uh, yes, I'm not unre unveiling QB1, but I'm also not unveiling who our starting Mike Backer is, right? Um, we got three linebackers who are good players, right? Um, uh, CJ uh, Hart, uh, Dark Angelo, and, and Tariq Barnes. All three of those guys, in my opinion, are starting linebackers, but only two of them are going to start. And um, that'll happen on Saturday. Um, they know who they are. They know what they're going to do. But um, 
that's just kind of how we're layered out. Um, uh, at corner, same deal. You know that people are involved in those things, but for the two starting corners, you probably think Spoon's going to be one, but you may not know the other one. So I don't see the advantage of letting that be known before Saturday. After that, it's kind of a little bit more uh, out there moving forward, but um, it's nothing more than that. I do think uh, I told our players specifically in a meeting, I'll, I'll take you in our meeting room. I mean, I'll let you practice, I'll take you in our meeting room. All right. So I told our guys yesterday, all right, from this point forward, although we practiced a little Wyoming the last uh, two weeks, you know, today when we call our number one offense, those 11 guys going out in 12 personnel, that's their starting 12. That's as we see it now. Now, it could change before Saturday, but I want them to know who it is. I want the right guard to know who's playing next to them at right tackle. I want the center to know whose two guards are going to be. Um, and, and I, you know, went on to the defense side, and, and I also said, you know what, there's going to be a starting left guard on our look team who's going to emulate Wyoming. So our starter at left guard on offense has got to be just as well this week all right, as our look team guy because that's going to give us a chance for our defense to have success. And I gave the example, right? Last year, I named Brandon Peters the quarterback during the start of the week, right? And, and he knew he was a starter. Art knew he was the backup. But what no one knew is midway through the first quarter, we were going to remove Bart or, or BP for X number of games due to a shoulder injury. But because Art Sikowski prepared in a way to give us a chance to have success, we went on to win that football game because of Art's demeanor during the course of the week. Fast forward to Penn State, BP is the backup quarterback. Art's our starting quarterback. Gets us into, I believe, our third or fourth overtime. Breaks his, his, his hand, his wrist, and the backup quarterback, who now is Brandon Peters, who prepared and did everything we asked to do during the course of the week, came in and won the game for us as a backup quarterback. Two different occasions, two complete flips, but it's really the same scenario. You can hear that entire news conference. Visit the multimedia section on IlliniGuides.com. More Sports Spectacular after this. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you, too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athletes stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. Illini Athletic Director Josh Whitman made his first comment since the Big Ten announced its record-breaking TV media rights deal that kicks in next summer. Here's a bit of his news conference, and we'll follow with some of our own comments. I think it just is a, a tremendous testament to the brand uh, and reputation of the Big Ten Conference, uh, the breadth of, of this league and, and the, the attractiveness of what's happening in the Big Ten and with our member institutions now from coast to coast. Uh, excited about the visibility, the platforms that our student athletes will have access to uh, as they put on our uniform and, and now travel around the country to compete on behalf of the University of Illinois. 
give a lot of credit to Commissioner Warren, our Big Ten staff, my colleagues across the conference. Um, this is a negotiation that we have been preparing for for a very long time. I mean, these are, as you would imagine, big deals uh, to, the, to the conference, to each of the member schools. And so you don't just walk into this uh, the day before and have a, a five-minute meeting and then go and start meeting with the, the media companies. This is something we've been anticipating for uh, quite a while. And uh, hats off to everybody who was directly involved in it uh, and, and bringing us across the finish line. Really proud. Uh, to be associated with the league and, and looking forward to building stronger relationships with uh, with those partners. Obviously, most of them are people we've worked with previously, uh, but, but there are some new names uh, in the fold, most notably NBC, uh, and so excited about uh, getting to know them and, and spending time with them as we move forward to, uh, to broadcast and, and shed great light on the wonderful things happening across the Big Ten Conference. So with that, I'll uh, stop and, and open it up for any questions you guys might have. That's from a practical standpoint. What does the new contract mean for you guys? What can you do? What will you be able to do later that you can't do now? Well, I, I think it, it strikes a nice balance. Uh, obviously, trying to continue to be traditional in the sense of the linear programming, the profiles uh, of the networks that we're that we're working with, the Foxes, CBSs, NBCs of the world. Uh, Big Ten Network, of course, is really the backbone of a lot of what we do. Uh, but it also starts to dip our toe into a, a more, uh, uh, perhaps a younger audience, an audience that's consuming our sports in a different way through the direct consumer streaming platforms and things that we'll be doing with BTM Plus and now with the Peacock Network owned by NBC. Uh, excited about that. I, I think from the department's perspective, certainly the, the financial benefits are, are meaningful. Uh, it will allow us to continue to be, I think, very stable in, in an uncertain environment. Uh, I will say on that front, I, I don't think that uh, everyone should believe everything they read in terms of what the, the projections are. Uh, I, I don't think that uh, the numbers will be quite where, where some have been reporting. Uh, it looks like things will start flat and then we'll start to move up gradually uh, in future years. Uh, again, incredibly excited about it, uh, but we want to make sure that we, that we manage expectations on that front as well. Josh, what does athlete representation look like? When, if and when you know they ask for a piece of this? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I, I think that, as we all understand, we're living in a very dynamic, evolutionary time in college athletics. Uh, we talked about this at some length during the roundtable this sure. summer. Uh, I think that you know, we're continuing to evaluate the model, figure out how we can do this better, how we can de develop college athletics 2.0, what's this going to look like for the next 100 years? Uh, I, I think that as you, if you were to talk to my colleagues, there's clearly a, an understanding that, that change is afoot. And, and what that change ultimately looks like is still very much to be determined. I, I know that there's an appetite for a lot of people to continue to provide additional benefits to the student athletes. What those benefits are, how, they, how they're formulated, uh, is it true pay or does it make them employees? Those are all things that I think are very much to be determined. Um, but it, it all has to be put into the mix as we talk about conference realignment, as we talk about expansion of the CFP, as we talk about the future of the NCAA. That has to be another really important part of that overarching conversation. And, uh, and I, I'm just really confident in the people who are having the discussion at this point to, to chart what that future course will look like. Josh, I, I don't know if you knew when you got here if you'd be at the head of the athletic department when all these changes are happening. Have you had it evolve how you feel about athlete pay and I, 
I don't know, things like that. Like, how have you had to kind of adapt? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I think clearly the, the pace of change is just so accelerated at this point in time. So when I got here now almost seven years ago, if, if you had told me, hey, this is where we're going to be or be headed uh, seven years later, it probably wasn't something that I had spent a lot of time really thinking critically about, but certainly I've made up for lost time here in the last several years and I've thought a lot about these things. And, and like most people, or many people anyway, I, I think that my um, understanding of our system has certainly deepened. I, I think my understanding of the challenges and the opportunities that we're confronted with have, have evolved. Um, and and I, I think having a greater appreciation for where I think we can go and should go uh, has certainly changed over time as well. And, and so it's um, it certainly is a different dynamic, a different landscape than it was in 2006, early 2016 when I got here. Um, what's exciting though, I think, is both in this position and then across the Big Ten Conference to have a prominent voice in those discussions uh, makes, makes this a really exciting time for me as a, as a professional. You seem to have embraced the discussion about student athlete pay, NIL, and those things. Like, is that because you see the opportunity you could pre present to your athletic department? I, I think that's one of the reasons. I, I think that as you look across the landscape, <coughs> it's evident that change has to come. And, and I think it's a question of the process by which that change occurs. And, and what we've watched happen over the last decade are a lot of other people have started to dictate change to us, whether it's the courts or the state legislatures or even the, the media to an extent. And, and so I'm a big believer that, that we're in a position now where we should learn from what's happened over the last decade and, and be more proactive in some of our decision making. That's really hard to do um, because that kind of change comes with it inevitably challenge and struggle and, and trying to develop consensus even amongst 14 or soon to be 16 schools in the Big Ten, let alone say 65 or 69 in the Power Five or the 130 in the FBS or 350 in all Each of those, as you grow the pot in each case, there are more and more voices at the table and it's really hard for people to develop consensus around different concepts. Yeah, the one thing I thought was interesting about Whitman was talking about how the, the, the money's pretty much all spent because they they know where what it's earmarked for. So they had a good idea um, what it was going to be. And I also think it's interesting that the Big Ten ADs are trying to kind of minimize the amounts. You know, you've seen that they like to leak that big amounts. They've kind of minimized these amounts. Well, of course they are. They still have to fundraise. And if they say, hey, you got $100 million, you don't need any money from me. What are you talking about? So they're not going to be they're going to be out there. Yep, we got plenty of money. Don't donate anymore. So they're still trying to ratchet up donations. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, and and this is it's such a game changer. And you really have to think like if you're Maryland and Rutgers, you got to be like, what a great time to have joined the Big Ten. <laughs> you know, we we really haven't done much in the Big Ten, but they want to drop sixty to a hundred million dollars a year into our pockets. Um, I know that Maryland hasn't had a lot of wins on the football field and neither of Rutgers, but boy, in life, they're big winners, very big winners. <laughs> how, about, how about Rutgers? They got to be going, we're Rutgers and we get like a hundred million dollars and we're still Rutgers. <laughs> what a deal. <laughs>
Yeah, it's um, I think of um, one of my favorite movies, History of the World Part One. It's good to be the king. Yeah, it is good to be the king. Yes, it is. It's good to be the king. <laughs> yeah. Because we that's right. We we're just here and we get all that money and we'd like guys like to be us. Yes, yes, you would. Um, how much is Rutgers gonna spend on DoorDash this year? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wonder. Four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh, please. That's that's packaging. Four point five mil. Four point five mil on DoorDash. Exactly. All right, guys. Although three, we need three, air three air quotes. Dashed. Three meals a day, all DoorDash. You, you need though. Whenever you say DoorDash, you have to use air quotes. Exactly. DoorDash. That's right. Hey, anybody got any DoorDash money? Hi. <laughs> hey. Oh my! All right. Our farm segment is up next as we talk about three goats. On the Sports Spectacular. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgent care to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. As we continue here, uh, we mentioned some goats uh, before the break. Tom Brady of the Bucks, he took an 11-year hiatus and then returned to camp. Uh, the team didn't care. Um, makes his wife happy. Why do we care? Isn't this much to do about nothing that he took time off during during training camp? Well, I think it was 11 days, Larry. Yeah, 11, 11 years 11 would be quite a He's long. 11 years, he'd be like 80 now. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, hey, he's he's Tom Brady needed 11, 11 days off to, because he's old. He had to heal. I'm old. I'm getting my days mixed up. <laughs> Got my years. Go ahead. So, I know, you know hey, what? It's Brady. It's Brady. Just get it. Get him in line to win another Super Bowl. He'll be fine. Does he? Does he need to learn the system at this point? I mean, seriously, the guy's been playing since you know the turn of the century. He's been playing for eleven years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he took eleven days off. For anyone who's confused, uh, <laughs> my goodness, yes, it must be the end of the show. Uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, we don't care. He comes back and he's going to go win you know eleven games again and be an MVP candidate. He knows what he's doing. Um, speaking of MVPs, Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan in the upcoming PGA Tour 2023 video game. Uh, Tiger, I could see that, but Jordan making an appearance uh, at almost age 60. Yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan's still popular. You yeah. Know, uh, so that they put him, anybody who's popular, we put him on there. With, there's about, you know, they've they got about 40 guys they can't put on the PGA Tour game anymore. So <laughs> they're in LIP golf. So yeah. And fewer people to pick from, so let's let's go with Jordan. You know, I, I'm kind of hoping they do Charles Barkley with an accurate <laughs> golf swing because <laughs> that is one of the ugliest swings. They might yeah, as well put me in that game. They 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 were gonna put Barkley on, but they can't because he never s- swings the same way twice. <laughs> so there's no way 
to put him put him on there as a character. Poor Charles. Well, that's what that's what makes the game great. If you put Charles Barkley on there and you pick and you're dumb enough to pick him as as your player, <laughs> you, you don't know how to set the shot because every shot, every swing is different. That is true. With the that's hitch true. and the exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Boxing. You guys are boxing fans and you were saying in the break about just how big this past, this past weekend was just huge. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you had Usyk beating Anthony Joshua with some unbelievable, um, hand speed. And then, the, then you saw a total meltdown of the former heavyweight champion as he threw the belts out of the ring, left the ring. Somebody said something to him. He jumped back in the ring got the microphone from the ring announcer and started talking on a monologue that made very little sense. And then urged the entire crowd to do hip, hip, hooray for the champ five times of which I had no idea how to respond to that as a viewer at home. I was speechless. <laughs> uh, I just want to see I, a great fight. Obviously I want to see you sick and uh, fury. Yeah, and that's I agree. What I see. That's what everybody wants to see. And, and uh, let's uh, let's make that happen. Boxing, you tend to not have the big fights. But on the other hand, on the MMA side, we also had a huge upset. Yes. Kamara Usman, who is like considered the number one pound for pound guy in the world, gets beat. And he pretty much controlled the fight for the first, I don't know, uh, what would it be, 24 minutes? And he got kicked in the head. And that just goes, that's the sport where you get kicked in the head one time. And it's over. And that's what happened to him by Leon Edwards. Kudos to yeah. him because uh, he's a good fighter too. What I like about Leon is, is that you can go for the knockout and risk being KO'd yourself, or you can kind of just, you know, lose the decision and talk about what might've been. He, he, he does a, an awesome feint, throws a kick over the top, right in the head. And I'm sure if he hadn't landed that, the fight wouldn't have lasted much longer. He probably would have got KO'd himself. But I got to give it to a guy who's like, I I'm either going to get taken out of here on my back or I'm going to win this. <laughs> nice job. Love it. And there you have it. We will end there with fisticuffs, the way every good show should end, with fighting. <laughs> It's been a great uh, couple of hours. Hopefully you've enjoyed it as well. Uh, two great games to enjoy this week in Big Ten country, Nebraska and Northwestern and Illinois and Wyoming. For Brad and Mike, I'm Larry. We'll see you back here in the same time next week. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.